Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owner, PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy payment option. It's all the security PayPal is known for online, in person. Cash only, QR codes allow you to accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. No additional hardware or software needed. Use the app to generate your unique QR code. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app to pay you. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. This is episode number 84 with our guest, Tony Watley. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. You're tuned right into The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Josh Carey. Does this sound like you? It's Monday morning. You hit the snooze button at least once, and it takes you an hour just to get out of bed. You're in no mood for the day ahead, and that cycle continues. You know the deal. You've heard it before. Things like, why stay at a job you despise? Why remain unfulfilled your entire life? Find something that drives you and do that. Sure, but how do you actually make that happen? If these questions have ever filled your head, you're in for an exciting dialogue today. Our guest has walked that walk literally and now leads by example. He walked away from a 25-year career while earning a salary of 200000 and it's paid off. His name is Tony Watley. He's the founder of 365 Driven, a mentoring and consulting community for entrepreneurs, and he's the author of the Amazon number one bestseller, Side Hustle Millionaire. He also founded an online community with over 300,000 registered members and has created both six-figure and seven-figure online businesses as his side hustles. Really cool. And this is all just within two years. This is somebody I want to learn from. Let's learn from him. It's Tony Watley. What's going on, Tony? Man, I love that energy, dude. You bring it. That's a great intro, and I really appreciate you having me on the show. And I can't wait to give some awesome fire to your listeners and your audience. Well, thank you. Let's give that fire. One of the first things I noticed about your your website, I want to start there, the 365 Driven. Really cool name, by the way. I love that driven. I don't really hear that word in the context of what we're doing. But the big tagline says, discover your potential. We build entrepreneurs. Again, really, really impactful because it's like, oh, I want to hear why that choice of word, we build. I think it comes back from my background. I'm a mechanical engineer and I've always built things. And honestly, the 365 driven, obviously that means daily driven, but that's also kind of an insider joke that kind of stems back from my automotive background. A lot of the, the companies I've created have been in the automotive 
And we always have this joke about, hey, daily driven. So we have these hot rods with 1,000, 2,000 horsepower. We take them to the grocery store and people are always posting photos, kind of joking, smirking, like, hey, daily driver. So it's kind of a throwback. And I noticed that you have gears in the background hanging on your wall and the logo of my business is a gear. So it's kind of also a throwback to the automotive background and the mechanical engineering background, but also gears mean work. Like gears are driving something. They're, they're creating some kind of a, a work output. So I'm a very, I've always been fascinated with gears and mechanical things. So that kind of explains the logo and the name. Mm, I love that. And I noticed in your, in your book, Side Hustle Millionaire, which we're going to get into and really see what that is and how it came to be. But I read that you talk about the, the business startup fundamentals. You have a list of what's necessary there. And what stuck, stuck out was that at the top of the list, even before planning and marketing, is mindset. Is it, is it that important? Yeah, I, I consider mindset as the foundation, the requirement to become a successful entrepreneur business owner. There's too many people that really just try to build themselves a job instead of building an actual business. And there's a big distinction from being self-employed and being an entrepreneur. Self-employed, being an entrepreneur, what's the diff? So typically a self-employed person that really just maybe doesn't like their job. So they kind of create some kind of things that take up eight hours of their day. Mm -hmm. So they're basically building a business around their own skill set, their own knowledge. But the problem is they're not building a system or a business that can be scaled or multiplied. So time still becomes a factor within their income. So they're training, they're trading dollars or hours for dollars, essentially still get the employee mindset. They need to show up X amount of hours to earn X amount of dollars. But a business is something that can actually be scaled. It's something that creates assets. It's something that has more valuation to a potential buyer on an exit strategy. And that's the kind of thing you got to think about is quit building a, a job, build something that actually you can walk away from or retire from by selling this in a few years. And it can't be something that's just centered around what your specific skill is because you can obviously never sell yourself, but maybe you can teach those skills to other people and actually multiply your time based on the output of other people rather than your own hours. So you, like I said in the intro, you walked away just a couple years ago? That Yeah, three years ago, I, I, I was my last uh, W-2. So three years ago, you were at that job, um, 25 years in, earning 200000 plus, And that day, whenever your last day was, you said, I'm out. Well, we had an industry downturn. I was a project manager in the oil and gas offshore construction industry. Oil took a dive. It's a global commodity. And we got our, all of our projects got canceled. I was working for one of the major oil operators here in Houston area. And honestly, after that, I kind of said, you know, I'm tired of leaving my career up to somebody else's decision. That's what it kind of came down to. Because for about, I guess, four other times in my career, there's been downturns. And I just, I got tired of these layoffs. I got tired of being used like a Kleenex. I got tired of being flown all around the world and being on, on call 24 seven. And you know, the money sounds good, but you're actually putting a lot of time into these things. And it's uh, so it's kind of a wash. And then when they're done with you, they just kind of make you go sit on the bench and wait for the next game to start up. And, you know, I said, I got tired of doing that. So I've owned successful businesses. Many times my side businesses were creating more income than my actual engineering salary. So I said, you know what, I just need to more, be more focused on these businesses. I already know how to do things and I'm just going to start betting on myself. And honestly, it was just a, it, it was hard to walk away for a long time because I had the excuses. And I know many of your listeners are going to, and I, 
probably even yourself, you're going to resonate with this excuse, but you say, you know, I've been doing this 10 years. I've been doing this 15 years. I've been doing this 20 years. Like, like who am I to walk away from all this experience? Who am I to walk away from multiple six figure incomes, this dream job salary that most people would kill to have? Like, who am I to leave all that behind? I would, it feel like such a huge waste. Like, who am I that paid for my own college degree and got through that? Who am I to hang that on the wall and not use that anymore? Because again, that would feel like a waste of time, a waste of money. But these are all what we call sunk cost fallacies. You will never get that time back. You will never get that money that you spent back. So you understand that whatever decision you make today in this moment, you're never going to get a refund on that stuff. So what is it that you really want to do? Is it, what is it the directions you really want to go in? Don't start thinking about your past because let's face it, we could always go back into the job force. We could always go get back another job. The jobs are always going to be there. But is that really what you want to do? Do you want to have some freedom? Do you want to make your own decisions? I'm, I'm doing this interview from my house. It's on a Friday. I, I work from home. My commute is literally from my bedroom to the coffee machine to my office. You know, I could, I could be working in my pajamas. I might not even have pants on right now if I stood up. You know what I mean? So these are the flexibilities that we have when we work from home. We have the ultimate flexibility. I can do business with my online businesses anywhere in this world. I can travel the world. I could be sitting on the back of a boat. I could be racing cars at the track. I could be at the gym and I could still be earning money. So that's kind of the mindset I try to teach people is try to disconnect time and money. Did you have those conversations in your head where you said, who am I uh, to walk away from this job? And then did that then go down the path of what will others say? And, and were you getting pushback from people who were like, you absolutely can't like be, be grateful that you're making that kind of money. Absolutely. And that's, that's what keeps most people frozen. Most people are worried not about failure. Like that's the high level excuse. Most people are like, well, I'm afraid to fail. No, you're actually afraid of what other people will say when you fail. That's the real answer. Like if you were to fail in silence and nobody ever knew, like you wouldn't even care. Like we fail every single day. We do things like yesterday I posted a video of me trying to deadlift 405 pounds and I got it halfway up and I couldn't get it and I failed. So realize that we fail things every single day. And it's just a part of life. It's, it's a lesson that you learn. It's like, hey, keep trying. That's what we learn from. But going back to your question about other people saying things, yes, man, I'm, I reinvented myself in my 40s after a successful career. And here's a, here's a funny story I'll share. Even somebody that I worked with for about a year and a half on a project didn't know that I owned businesses. He only knew me from the corporate capacity, right? And so I started doing motivational things and helping people and making videos and writing this book. And this guy actually unfriended me on Facebook and sent a really nasty message like, you're just trying to scam people with weak mindsets and this is all, you know, shyster and, and he's an older guy. I mean, these, these are the words he was kind of using, but he just thought that what I was doing was like such a scam that I've never done any of this before. And I'm teaching people a bunch of crap that I've never done. And I'm like, dude, do you know what Google is? Like, go, go Google my name. Like, you will literally find things that I worked on for the last 20 years online so rather than this guy blowing up, like, you know, cause that's like a corporate mentality. Like, like he and I actually had like kind of the same position at a company and he, he was thinking like, you know, who's this guy to reinvent himself? He's just a guy that lost his job and you know, it kind of went off on me. So I was like, you know, I found him on LinkedIn cause he didn't unfriend me from there. And I just said, Hey man, you need to go like check out the things I've done. And it's like, I never told you this stuff at work cause it wasn't relevant to what we do. We were in the oil industry. This was a car business that I ran. And, you know, it's, it's like, and after he saw that, he was like, Hey man, I apologize. I just overreacted. I have a, I have a negative thing about, you know, 
motivation and, and building businesses and teaching people things. And so, but they, that wasn't the only group. I mean, there was a group of car guys that, that got into tech streams and were like sharing my videos and making fun of them and saying, who the hell is this guy? The next Tony Robbins, who does he think he is? And yeah, trying to keep, keep me small. And you know, they're just making fun of the stuff. And I said, Hey, I'm going to write a book. And like, Oh, we got this guy going to write a book now. Like, and then the book hits number one and they're still trying to kick it down and saying, Oh, you know, you didn't earn that. Like there's ways to strategize and make number one. So every single time there was like these critics and I would just laugh at them because I know their fucking lives are miserable. They're fucking miserable people. They could be financially successful, but are fucking miserable. And they're trying to bring other people down instead of help other people up. We so, hear this so often. We experience it. I know everybody listening has experienced that either in reality or in their head. That very thing um, I've experienced in reality, but also daily, I relived that story for myself that oh, who am I? I know I'm going to come to the table and say something. And there's going to be a group of people that are going to say, who are you to do this? You have no experience. Uh -huh, look at you and make fun. And, and that was enough to keep me down. And that is enough to keep so many people down. And I love that you said it's not about the failure. That's what we tell ourselves. That's what we tell others at the high level. But it's really the that that fear of what others will think is, is so unfortunately powerful. Yeah, just learn to fade that stuff. Understand that those people that are being negative towards you, they're just trying to reflect their own insecurities or their own lack onto you because it's something about their life sucks. They may be financially successful, but maybe they have a shitty marriage or shitty relationships or they're unhealthy and they see you crushing it at all these different levels and they're just trying to drag you back down into that box. You know, we've all heard the the crab in the bucket, the crab in the box story. And that is so true, but understand that that's part of the game. If you're going to do things to be outstanding, if you're going to take the chances to put yourself in public and, and actually have some critics and haters, that's part of the game. Understand that the more you have, that means you're actually doing th something that's worth noticing. Cause there's a lot of people out there sitting around going, well, Hey Tony, Hey Josh, I, I don't have any critics. I don't have any haters. Well, you know why? Because you're obscure. Let's be honest. Like nobody knows you. You're not putting yourself out there. You're not doing anything outstanding. You're not doing anything extraordinary to be noticed. So of course you have no critics. People don't criticize things that they don't see. So understand that you will have that as part of the game. And you have to understand that, you know, if you got a very small percentage of people just being the, the naysayer sitting on the sidelines, barking from the porch, so to speak, that that's a good indicator you're actually doing something worth noticing. Yeah, I gotta, I, I gotta say, I, I, again, I lived in there for, for 40 plus years, same kind of time frame as you, and just accepted that. I, I, I sold myself this false story, this false belief, allowed others to help me perpetuate it. I attracted them and never stepped out of that. When push came to shove, you know, my story with my two children, and I said, I can't be this kind of person with them around. It's not fair. It's not the kind of father I want to be to them. I have to change. So I did, and it's, it's, it's not an overnight thing. It's a slowly but surely, simply put, start changing the mindset, start changing the way you feel, and start surrounding yourself one person at a time of someone who's going to pat you on the back and support you and say, I got your back. I, I like what you're doing. Come on. You, you can do this. Go ahead. And then that's what I've done. And then I just sprinkled myself and surrounded myself with more and more and more people like you, Tony, and others who are now this amazing force field that I attract and that attract me. And I'm like, say what you want. It doesn't matter. So eventually you get over that. 
but you have to be willing to take that first step. Yeah, you got to get rid of people. That's, that's the main thing. Like you have to get rid of people. Here's, and I'm going to give you guys the tactics. It's really simple. Don't overthink this. Think about every single person on your social media feed or in your life right now, your circle, even if you're family members and ask yourself a question for every single one of these people. Does that person bring me energy or does that person rob my energy? And if it's the kind of person that you wince when you see their name ringing on your phone or when you get an email or when these people respond to your post, you're like, oh great, what are they saying now? Like these are people taking your energy away from you. They're never going to support you. They're never going to buy products from you. They're never going to be at your funeral. So don't let them run your damn life. Hmm. How did you um, get from the mindset of, um, oh, what are people going to say to walking away? Did you have to, did you have to get yourself to that point? Or did you just get to that point where you're like, you know what, I'm leaving this career and starting anew? I, I think what most of us worry about is that as we get older, we really just care less about what people think, to be honest. That's, that's the truth. It comes with experience because here it is. We, wow. We are genuinely people that we like to care about other people. We, we, we want to be liked. Humans want to be liked. Even people that are proud of being assholes, like, oh, I'm a big asshole. And no, they still have friends and they still want to be liked. So it's just a facade. It's a stoic mask that they carry around. But understand that from someone who is giving, some, for someone who is positive, some, for someone who wants to be liked, it's hard for us to sever connections. So we maintain these toxic connections, even though we know that are costing us energy, or costing us some kind of success or, or holding us back and feeding our minds with limiting beliefs and being naysayers. But you just have to be able to understand like the goal that I want in my life, where do I want to head in my life and how am I going to get there? And do these people really matter? And the answer is no, these people don't matter. They could be your family. You can unfollow your friend, your friends and family as well, because honestly, sometimes your family are the most toxic people in your relationships and we don't get to pick our family, but we could actually definitely pick who we spend our time with. We definitely get to pick who we allow into our heads. So if you got people complaining on your social media feed, bitching about politics, regurgitating the latest headline shock news and just ranting and raving and airing out their dirty laundry and drama queens and kings, like get these people off your feed. And, and you know, here's another tidbit of advice. Unfollow every single news media on your social media feed. Unfollow all of them because they thrive on headline shock factor news. And if you read one of those headlines and it changes your inner state, your emotion, something triggers you and makes you mad when you see a headline, that means they're mentally controlling you and you need to just get rid of that, that source. We allow what we put in our heads. And I can tell you, like, my Facebook feed now is fantastic. Like, people gripe about Facebook and things like that. It's like, you guys should see my timeline. I got 5,000 friends and they are amazing. And anybody that's complaining and being a negative person, I just delete them. I just delete them. I curate that. I get to control what I see. So you know what I'm hearing that um, if you are unhappy or worse, if you're miserable, dreading your job, your day to day, it might not only reside in that job world. There's other factors that feed and color the whole the whole day. Absolutely, I, I just basically control everything. That I, I control access to my mind in my in my time. Yeah, I've said the same thing recently. I love that idea. I want to go back to your your upbringing, really, and see how we got and connect all these dots. Paint the picture for us, if you will. What was life like growing up for Tony Watley? 
I grew up lower middle class in a, in a decent neighborhood, decent area that uh, had good school systems. So my parents, my mom's Japanese immigrant. My dad met her while he was serving in Vietnam, U.S. Marines, and I was born on a Marine base. So I had a very strict parents. My mom really valued education because as a young girl in Japan, they basically got removed from junior high to go work the farms, basically at that age. And the boys kind of went on to high school. So she always valued the education that she did not receive. So to give your listeners an idea of how strict I am and how, how uh, consistency and where that came from is, is Josh, I did, I did not miss a single day of school from kindergarten through graduation. You were never absent. I never missed a day. And I made straight A's all the way through because I was driven. I just wanted to be it. I wanted to be the best version of myself. I said, you know, if I can do better, why don't I do better? I'll just push myself. And then, you know, I had a, a strict mom that she didn't tell me, she didn't have to like tell me to do my homework. I just did it, you know? And, and my dad was a disciplinarian, you know, being a gunny sergeant, just, you know, be on time, treat people with respect, you know, always try to help out other people, push yourself, like don't make excuses. Like there's too many damn excuses in this world. You don't get anything that you don't ask for. You don't get anything that you deserve. If you want to make money, go get a job. If you want to go to college, get a job, join the military, whatever it takes, like quit making damn excuses. And that's what I got from my dad. So you can understand that he wasn't very sympathetic for the, the violin, the smallest violin playing people that make excuses for their situation. Cause you know, we didn't have money. My mom and dad were blue collar workers. My dad worked in the, in the chemical refineries here in, in the Houston area. And my mom was a cafeteria lady in the public school system her entire career. So we didn't have a lot of money. Every single house I lived in was a fixer upper, usually the cheapest house in the neighborhood we would live in. And we'd buy it, you know, really cheap and just spend the next few years fixing the house up like we doing it ourselves. We weren't paying people to do this. We were, we were like living in things that we were flipping basically, you know, for a few years. So hard work, you know, and my mom and dad never had any kind of dream crushing things. If I said I wanted to go do something, like, well, go go figure it out. So wow. age 12, I'm pushing the lawnmower around the neighborhood, knocking on doors with tall grass. Really simple. Hey, can I mow your yard? You know, I was, I was like 10, 12 years old doing this. And while my other kids, you know, friends and neighborhoods were riding around on their new bicycles and skateboards, they were laughing at me because I'm mowing other people's yards. Like I was buying things my, on my own. I, 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 if I only got presents for birthdays and Christmas. That's it. There was no, there was no allowance. If I wanted something is like go out there and figure out how to make money. And so if they told me no, I would look and say, well, can I wash your car for five bucks? So that's how I've always been driven. I would go buy candy at the corner store, buy the big box of it. The guy with the counter would give me a discount because I buy the whole box. I'd, I'd put it in Ziploc bags and go to school with it and make, you know, double my money by just, just splitting it apart and selling it to the kids. So entrepreneurship has always been in my mindset. Wow, great work ethic. I read an article you wrote that had one of, uh, one of the most intriguing um, headlines I've read. It says, we are programmed to fail from reaching our potential as kids. What does that mean? Oh, man, it's, it's, it's based on your environment. You know that a lot of us build this relationship around money before we become 13 teenagers. So a lot of times we build these self-limiting beliefs really about money or relationship with money as kids. So if you start to see your parents are struggling with money and they're arguing about money, they're, they're, they're stressed out about not paying bills and, you know, or, or you hear things from your parents like, oh, look at those rich assholes, look at those rich snobs or, you know, it must be nice and you see a nice car drive and you hear this shit as a kid, you start to have those, you start to adopt those same beliefs. You don't even realize that because as a kid, 
we don't have a baseline to measure things from. We don't have life experience. So we basically were a sponge and we're taking in what our parents tell us. We're observing what people do, how they act, how they respond to things. And when you start to see money as a source of fighting in the house or being angry, or maybe the money is like, because your dad is always away and he's never at home and he's, he's working nonstop. So you start to think like money is like this negative thing. And that's the kind of shit you bring into your adulthood that you learned as a child, preteen, and you don't understand that because that's a belief system that's really over a decade involved into your mindset, and it's really hard to unwind that stuff. So when you start to hear people, you know, when I when I post a picture of some of the nice cars I have, and sometimes people be like, "Oh, it must be nice, dude." They're just telling me you got a self limiting belief. It's like, you know, what I said when I was young, I was like, "How do I get that?" I didn't say must be nice. Look at these rich assholes. Oh, they must be arrogant. You know, screw these people. Cause that's what a lot of people in middle class, unfortunately think. And honestly, I think the middle class suffers the most from not being able to climb out of their, 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 their financial demographic because let's face it. People who grew up in poverty, they don't want to be in that. It's uncomfortable to like, you know, this sucks like being hungry. This sucks having a shitty house. This sucks having hand me down clothes. Like, they really want to claw out of that. So they're going to put in a lot more work ethic, but the middle class is kind of comfy. You know, you could be pretty comfy at $50,000 a year in a small home and you're fed every day and you got your cell phone and big screen TV. And so when you grow up in a life of complacency and comfy and you hear people talking about negatively about money and oh, you know, rich people are greedy. Oh, I bet he had to stomp on a lot of people's backs to get where he's at. Look at this CEO. They're overpaid. And, all this victim mentality bullshit really exists in the middle class. And until you start to question yourself, why do I think like that? Why do I think that wealthy people are bad? Why do I think that must be nice when I see it? You know, you start to question yourself and until you gain that awareness, you're going to be stuck in that rut forever. Let's talk about your book, Side Hustle Millionaire Extraordinary, Amazon number one in, um, and, and uh, number 11 in uh, one of the even more personal, person, It made a personal development. It made it to number 11 in, in all of Amazon, which is pretty crazy, to be wow. honest. Just, just craziness. I mean, I wrote this book, Side Hustle Millionaire. Obviously, I made millions of dollars from a side hustle. So it's a, it's a unique story. I did this back in 2007, 2008. So it's what been was the side hustle? Uh, it was an online performance community, ls1tech.com. It was basically around General Motors performance cars. So Corvette, Camaro, Cadillac, Firebird, all the performance cars, General Motors platform. And it, it, got, it got so big that even General Motors and Cadillac and Chevrolet were all advertising on the website because we had this large crowd. So understand when you build a large community, you have a lot more advertising reach and leverage. So we're, we're making the money from, from ads. So at the peak, we're making about $400,000 in profit per year from advertising revenue alone. It was free for the users. So like, like nowadays, I mean, this is all pre-social media. We didn't have Facebook, we didn't have Instagram. Like we were building things organically by doing giveaways and contests and things like that to grow the audience because we knew that if we can convert lurkers, which are just people that use the website but not register and not log in, we weren't getting a high as a conversion. So we started doing these contests. We had, we started having national racing events to build the community in different parts of the country. We showed up at every automotive convention to build some you know, rapport with the people who are paying us the bills. So we always had these different fronts of revenue and that was how we scaled this company to, and when I sold the, the company it was about 160,000 registered members at the time, the business is still there. It's gone to 300,000 now, but that was based on a business model that we created. And, 
you know, we ended up selling it for $2.3 million as an exit plan for something that was taking us about 30 minutes a day. Oh my God. Um, you, you mentioned the word consistency. Tell me more about why that's important and what it really means in execution. So a lot of times people are out there, they're sitting around looking for the next magic bullet. I mean, we hear all kinds of stuff on social media, like you need an email list, you need a funnel, you need, you need a landing page, you need this and this and that. And they're always looking for some next tactic, like some next strategy. They're always reading the next book, trying to find the, the next One piece thing, of information. Yeah. You know, like, like all the stuff I know is not enough and I got to keep finding the answer. And, and that's fine. Invest in yourself, invest in your knowledge. I read a book a day, or not a, a day, that'd be crazy, a book a week. I finish a book a week. I've been like that for years. I enjoy reading and that's kind of what led to me wanting to write my own book as well. It was like, hey, I want to be an author. What do I need to do? I need to write a book. So it's a nice title. Not many people earn it. So understand I wrote this book to help people assess their business ideas and really weigh those against their, their financial goals or their time goals and understand like some of these business ideas people have are not going to get them to their financial or their time goals. So you just got to learn to walk away from that stuff. I, my book is really to take someone's idea and get them into execution. So get them to actually have their legit business at the end of it. I don't get too much into the operational side, but I want you to become operational. And that was kind of the basis of the book. It was Side Hustle Millionaire. It was not a, a fictional title. It was based on my mindset and the beliefs and the, thing, the standards I had to get there. But consistency is my word. Consistency, I start to look back at every success I've ever had, whether that was fitness, whether that was business, whether that was relationships. It's just being consistent. And to me, that means showing up every damn day. Every day, people take days off. People disappear for their social. They're trying to build a personal brand. They disappear. They go ghost for a week or two, thinking nobody noticed. Honestly, you're just killing yourself. Every time you push that, it's a, like a reset button on your personal brand. You disappear. You lose trust in your audience. And that's the problem most people have is they quit before they start to think that they're getting the attention they feel that they're entitled to. They may see something like Josh, Josh and Tony doing a live video. They're going to get you know, all these, these followers and likes and all these views. And they're like, man, if I just do a live video, I'm going to have the same thing. And, and they start doing it and they're not getting any results. It seems like there's no one watching. It seems like, hey, man, maybe my message is bad. Maybe there's nothing going on. Maybe I'm just, why am I doing this? They start getting that, you know, the, the imposter syndrome. Like maybe I'm, maybe I'm not cut out for this. So they, they have this inner demon in their head telling them that like, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. Quit, quit doing this. Nobody's paying attention. You're wasting your time. And so most people quit. But the problem is, is most of the audience is out there watching you in silence. Mm -hmm. Understand there are people out there watching you every single day doing something, but we're all skeptics, Josh. We all see so many people like hit the ground running really hard for that first, you know, that first lap of a race which is usually that first one to three months. They're hitting it really hard. They're showing up. They're making content. They're only getting like 10 likes. And they're like, oh, man, Tony gets 150, 200 you know, you know, likes. Uh, everything he posts, like, how come I'm only getting 10? Like, my, my content's just as good as his. But again, they're starting to come from that place of entitlement. But the thing is, is people are watching you in silence until you've proven that you're consistent, until you show that you, you show up every day, show that you have passion in what you're doing. So six months in, they're still watching and go, okay, well, this, this, this guy or girl, they're, they're kind of serious. I'm going to throw them a like now. Like every time I see them, I'm just going to throw them a like, just reinforce their good behavior. They've been showing up, they're starting to build trust in me. And now they're throwing a like, and you know, eight months in, maybe they're going, Hey man, that really, that really impacted. They're responding now. They're busting out the keyboard or their phone. They're like, Hey man, that was really good. Thanks for sharing that. Hey man, I like your story. You're really, you're really reaching me. Hey man, I like your book. Thank you for doing that. A year in, 
they're like telling their friends about you. They're like, hey man, you guys gotta go follow this person. They're sharing some awesome information. Go listen to their podcast, go read their book. So this is the time, it takes six to 12 months minimum showing up every damn day. Even if you feel like you're talking to an empty microphone, an empty room, an empty stadium, they're watching you guys. They're, they're watching you, they're definitely watching you. And that, that time you feel weak and you're like, you know, I'm just gonna take a week off, nobody's gonna notice. Guess what, you just push the reset button. You're gonna have to start all over again. So if you just invested three months of hustle and you take a week off without informing your audience, hey guys, I'm gonna go off the grid for a week to, to find uh, my inner self, like share a story or just something like, hey man, I'm going off the grid, I'm gonna try this experiment, but I'm gonna come back and share some results. Then go take your vacation, go do some, go disappear, go find yourself, whatever. But when you just go silent, like you push the reset button because now you fall into the skeptic bu bucket of categories where people go, hey, this guy's just like all those are thousand other people that just did this to me. Screw this guy. Like he didn't, he like left me. I was like enjoying his stuff and you know, I don't, I'm not going to trust him anymore because he's going to just keep leaving and leaving and leaving. So you just become another category. So consistency, fundamental word, man, really simple. Just means showing up, dude. Like it's yeah. such a powerful tactic that most yeah. people avoid. Why do they avoid it? Why? Yo, 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 the, the past two minutes, rewind the past <laughs> two minutes, play it on loop because it's, it's legit. It's everything. It just is everything. I've, I've been there. I'm, I'm living it right now. We're recording episode 84 started this last July. I couldn't in July start with episode 84 and say, Hey guys, I'm 84. Right. You gotta do it. Do you think the same amount of people that were watching and listening then or what? No, it's momentum. It's consistency. It's brand awareness. It's building. It is exactly that. I was having a similar conversation with um, my guest last uh, uh, the, the, uh, the other day about that whole thing, the way he put it, very similar concept. He says, sometimes I dread taking client phone calls and I'll end the call and saying, oh, nothing came of that. But yeah, you do a thousand of those, the thousand and first, the something pays off and becomes the tipping point that could not have happened if you didn't have those first thousand. It's necessity. That's all it's about. Yeah, you're really, you're really literally one decision away from changing your entire career. That's, that's what it comes down to. If, if someone were to discover your show or your book with a high amount of influence and just share that, it would change your life. You know, how many, how many people have been discovered on YouTube? How many people have been on Oprah or you know, shows like with that kind of a power and then their entire life, their entire career, their trajectory changes. But you gotta put yourself in those opportunities. You have to be able to put yourself out there, share your story, share your value with this world, and create those opportunities. Most people just sit around hoping, man, I'm a big believer in law of attraction. I've seen it too, I've manifested things, I've visualized things in great detail that have always happened in my life. It's happened numerous times, I can't deny that. I'm a big skeptic myself until I started doing it and it started working. I said, this is some crazy crap. I don't know, nobody can explain it, but why is it happening? But it does, it's because we think about our goals. You think about your future self. What would that future ideal perfect version of yourself do in this moment? So whenever you're faced with any decision, whether that's, hey, I don't feel like going to the gym today, and like get off your ass, Tony, like the future version of yourself is in more in better shape. So you need to go get off your ass and go be that future version of yourself. Hey, I'm not good at public speaking. I'm scared to get on a microphone. I'm scared to get on a stage. Well, you know what? The 
the vision that I see for Tony is he's standing on a stage in front of thousands and thousands of people rocking the microphone with a perfect speaking skill. Like, go learn that. Mm -hmm. Go invest in yourself. Hey, this, this, this crappy food that's on the end of my fork right now, if I eat this, it's going to make me gain weight. I'm going to feel lethargic and I'm not going to be perfect. That's a decision. It's a real simple decision. Like, what would the future version of you do in this moment? Would they eat that or would they go do something else? So every single decision you make in every single day needs to be leading you towards your goal Ever. or away from your goal. There's only a yes or no. There's no maybes. I know. And it's the exact same thing. I look at it that every, every choice I make in real time um, creates a habit and it's what, what kind of person do I want to be? Do I want to be that kind of person or this kind of person? Um, when I started getting up today, I get up at 6 a.m. quite deliberately. Does anybody want to? No, but now I'm excited to because I started reading more and more all the people that I admired, wanted to be like, emulate as business owners and entrepreneurs. The one thing I saw is that they were getting up early. So I'm like, well, I can do that. And then you just, you just become the person that you want to be. Take the action, one action throughout the day at a time, and you turn into this person. Absolutely, man. That's, that's the perfect summary of that. It's if you could train yourself to start making the decisions like the better version of yourself today, you will become that person. If you start thinking like the better version of yourself today, you, you become that person. That's, it's that simple. It takes maybe a period of months. Honestly, it's not even that long. It's just, True. what would I do? What would the better version of myself, what would the future version of myself do in this moment? So you have to think in the future and what would that person do? Yeah. And just uh, instead of looking at it so, so broadly, like, oh, now I have to be this person forever. No, say 60 days, 90 days, 30 days, a week. Just put a frame on it. You know, I'm going to try this out for a week. I'm going to get up earlier or I'm not going to eat bread or I'm going to drink more water or whatever, whatever it is, or I'm going to whatever it is. Try it for seven days, 30 days, 90 days. Mm -hmm. Put, put, put a manageable chunk on it. So you'll make it happen. What do you believe happens when it's all over when our time here on earth comes to an end man i really don't know i mean i I'd, I'd say that i'm a christian but i don't i think there's a lot of things in in religion that i definitely agree with but also know that religion is also the source of many many murders and wars so it's kind of this this push and pull thing but do i believe that there's a higher thing out there absolutely i'm not sure what that is i don't know if that it's it's going to be captured in a book that was written by man you know, I mean, it's, you think about it, you and I are floating around on a piece of dirt and this, this huge, you know, universe of other pieces of flying around dirt. So it's kind of a, when you start thinking about outside of this earth and outside of this desk and outside of this office and just, just, it's such a big possibility. Why are we here? What is this energy that we have? Because at the end of the day, this is all energy The you know, that oh when we die, when we die, your body's just laying there. There's no energy left. It's just, yeah. if we're just energy. And, I, and, and someone walks into the room radiating a positive energy, people notice that. And when someone walks in the room radiating a negative energy, like we feel that. We don't even have to see it. And a good story there is like if, if you've ever been at a like, a like a house party or a dinner party and someone has a pet, like a dog, because dogs are pretty aware of energy. Oh, yeah. And somebody could walk in the room that this dog has never seen before and the dog could be a really happy dog and that person walks in the room and that dog's like, urgh, Dogs can sense energy. They can tell when that something's wrong with that human or it's just something, there's a vibe they're putting off. So we can't deny that there's, a, there's an energy, something going around with us. 
Yeah. And I've used exactly what you just said about, you know, um, experiencing my own world um, positively these days, thinking that, you know what, none of this really matters when you take the edge off. Of course, it does matter but then it doesn't matter, right? There's both those schools of thought, like none of this has meaning. So use that to your advantage. I'm like, none of this means anything. So therefore I'm gonna push as far as I can because it doesn't matter. Nothing, nothing matters. So I'll share with you my greatest fear. And it's not public speaking now because I actually trained and got skills on that and, and uh, do some st stage stuff. So my greatest fear is regret. My, re my greatest fear is regret and regret is, there's, there's three different categories of regret. There's regret that of things that happened in the past that you can obviously never change. There's regret of things that we do today. We can avoid those because we can make those decisions that, you know, if someone offers you an opportunity and you say no, you have to ask yourself, am I going to regret this? But, you know, if we're aware of that, we can actually make those decisions today. And in the future, when I'm laying on my deathbed, I don't want to have regrets. I don't want to, I don't want to be laying there thinking, man, why didn't I start that business? Or why, why didn't I ask, you know, the lady out that became my wife? Why didn't I take that opportunity? Why didn't I, you know, go buy that car? Why didn't I take that trip? Why didn't, you know, I don't want any of those regrets. Why didn't I try to mend relationships with family members? You know, these are regrets that you can avoid today. If you just, you know, just man up and, and, and swallow your ego sometimes and go fix those problems. Cause you can get past those and start to build the right future. But I regrets the biggest fear I have. So I want to like, show up on my deathbed covered with scars, just wore out thinking like that was a, that was a fucking awesome life. And I have zero regrets. That's, that's what I want to do. I love it. My version of that is um, I have a five-year-old daughter, a three-year-old son that are my everything and have allowed me to become the person I am today and continue to evolve into that. What I've consciously told myself is I want I know how, uh, you know, fleeting life can be and, uh, you know, there's no guarantees. So I'm conscious of the fact that I want to make sure that if the worst should happen to me in any moment, um, I want to make sure that the moments I just experienced with my children are as significant and ideal as possible. Absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. I'll leave you with this final question. Tony Watley, how would you like to be remembered I would like to be remembered by just being the, the person that helped millions of people create a, an improved generational legacy. So that's my big, big, hairy, audacious goal we talk about. I want to improve the generational legacy of millions of people. And I'm not, I'm not thinking small, I think very big. And I'm going to do that by teaching people confidence and how to start their businesses and build businesses and become more successful as entrepreneurs because I believe that is the ultimate source of freedom when your employment is no longer somebody else's decision. So understand that that's the best way I can serve this world. So I'm going to share that message and share that story with everybody. What a guy. Thank you, Tony. I so appreciate you for coming on, showing up and opening up in the way you did. Thank you kindly. Thank you. You guys, if you want to learn more about me, check out my website, 365driven.com. Got a podcast, got a best-selling book and a bunch of other things on there. So thank you for watching this though. Awesome. And awesome to have you all joining us today. We're going to do it again real soon. Until we do, go get them. Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.